It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Weekend Warrior. Every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court. The field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Having so much fun like we do each and every Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling your friends and your family. You're all honorary orthopedic surgeons in my mind. But remember, you're all either pre-op or post-op. Sooner or later, you're going to need someone like me. Because the machinery needs adjusting. It also breaks down. All kinds of things happen. And that's where I enter the picture. Your knee, your hip, your shoulder, your ankle, your back. Oh, yeah, sooner or later, you're going to be needing someone like me. A lot of my philosophy, particularly today's topic, the joy of a child, I go back and think about being that child and how lucky I was to be surrounded by an an honest, hardworking man, a carpenter, my father. And so when I go to surgery, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for 33 years, 16,000 surgeries, can you imagine? I don't take it for granted. I don't rest on my laurels. Every patient is someone's mother, someone's sister, someone's father. And they are giving me the privilege of, Dr. Clapper, I'm going to go to sleep. And you do what you think is best. It's an awesome responsibility. So in front of that scrub sink, <laughs> it's got to be for a, quite a few years, there's a little clock. It's like an alarm clock. And it just sits there. No one's ever taken it. It's broken. The clock is broken. It doesn't work. But as I scrub and I think about the surgery I'm about to do and I look at that clock, I hear my father's voice. I hear it in the operating room when I use power tools because he taught me how to use power tools even though he was a carpenter, not an orthopedic surgeon. He taught me to measure twice, cut once, all the things that are in my head that I hear his voice. But when I look at that broken clock, I hear my father. And one of the things he said to me as a child, Robbie, even a broken clock is right twice a day. It's broken. It doesn't work. The battery's dead. The, the, the mechanism, whatever the reason. I'm not a clockmaker. But if, it's, if it says 2 o'clock, for example... Two o'clock in the morning and two o'clock at night, it's going to be correct. And once again, there's more 
going on. There's more depth in that statement that a broken clock is right twice a day than what's on the surface. And what I mean by that is you and I are going to run into people today, tomorrow, in our lives who are going to tell you how can it be broken if it's right twice a day. They're going to focus on those two moments where the clock is telling the correct time even though it's broken. So in this world of politicians, this world of bosses, this world of people trying to tell you what to do, be careful. We are surrounded by people who want to tell you that that clock ain't broken. How can it be broken if twice a day it's correct? Is It's something to think about, right? And that's what I think about as I look at that stupid broken. I don't want them to take that clock away. Somehow it reminds me that you, you almost can't always be a, a thousand percent correct. Because if a damn broken clock can be correct, I, well, I don't know what being correct is means anymore. It's interesting. Last weekend, I went surfing. Only the water was like a lake, and it's freezing, and the tide was super high at daybreak, which is when I like to go. They call it dawn patrol. That's my favorite time. Because the wind, less people in the water, it's just all perfect. Think about it, though. Four o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. You're in bed, snuggled up with your pillow with a blanket on you. Dr. Clapper is about to go in the freezing cold ocean. And I love it. I drive my truck into that parking lot. It's pitch black. I ain't the only one in the parking lot, I'll tell you that. And when I pull in, shut the engine off, I get out of my truck, and I'll walk from the parking lot to see the ocean. And if those waves are marching in, my heart starts to race. Suddenly, I don't care that it's dark. I don't care that it's freezing. I don't care that it's so cold that I'm about to go into cold water, even though it's cold. It's like me going into your bedroom. You snuggly with your pillow and your warm blanket and pouring ice cold water on top of you. And I would be saying, I love it because those waves are peeling like a machine. So last Sunday, of course, the computer said, don't bother. Conditions are terrible. Freezing cold. Listen, I'm working all week long. It's not like uh, I'm, I got every day to choose and cherry pick the best times. This is when I get to go. And you know the lesson that I learn Sunday mornings? I learn every week that you could be the biggest big shot you want to think you are, Dr. Clapper. The ocean don't care what you want. You want to be happy? This is what the waves are going to be. 
you got to learn how to be happy with what I'm serving up, says Mother Ocean. You want to be happy with that? Be happy with that. This is what the conditions are going to be. So in response to the high tide, the cold water, and the small waves, three reasons not to go in the ocean, I took out a board that I had made for me from Waikiki, Honolulu. It was made by a man named Sippy, who is now since retired. But Sippy used to make all of the boards, these big red boards, that they would rent to the tourists in Waikiki in the 60s and 70s. The legend is nobody could shape the side of the surfboard. The top's called the deck, right? The bottom of the surfboard, the nose, the tail, every part of it has a different name to it, just like the instruments I use in the operating room. But the side of the surfboard is called the rail. This is the part that actually engages the wave to allow you to stay on the wave, to turn. And you can imagine as a sculptor, as a board shaper, you can make it box-like. You could make it curved on the top, but square on the bottom. There's an infinite number of ways you can carve in the wood or the foam nowadays that we use to make boards to make that shape either rounded or sharper edge. But here's the thing. You got to make the top relate to the bottom of the rail. You got to make the right side and the left side the same. He truly is an artist at work to meet someone who shapes a surfboard. Well, I figured yet yeah, last Sunday, it's freezing cold. The waves are small. I need to sit high up so that I won't be submerged in the water as much. I need to be on the biggest damn board I can find because the waves won't be very big. It's going to be cold. I'm taking out my Waikiki board. It's so big. It's 11 feet. Down the center of a surfboard, it's called the stringer. It's made of wood, even though the board is made of fiberglass and foam. This board is so big, it has three stringers, three vertical wooden pieces in the center of it because it'll snap in half, it's so big and heavy. It's over four inches thick. So you can't actually hold it under your arm like another surfboard, because it's so big. It's like, it's like taking your mattress to the ocean. You can't carry your mattress under your arm. So you know what I had Sippy do for me? I had him put a handle embedded inside the board itself. So halfway down the board, while I hold it under my arm, my fingers go inside the surfboard into a handle. Can you imagine? How cool is that? The thing weighs, I don't know, 50 pounds. And the best part is, when I show up at the break with this board, everybody who sees it goes, where did you get that? Yep, I brought it from Waikiki. And I'm going to sit above that cold water. And it's like an old Lincoln Continental. Push, push with my hands. And that thing is going to move with inertia. It's awesome. Well, I took it out last Sunday. And I had 
the greatest time because it may have been freezing water, pitch black, California ocean, but to my mind, I was with Sippy in Waikiki, Honolulu, Hawaii. The joy of a child in everything that you can do. How you eat, how you work, how you recreate. Don't lose that. Coming up next, I can't wait to talk about a man who walks the walk and certainly talks the talk of living life with the joy of a child because he's picked something to do with his life that he's loved since he's been a kid. The great Dave Denholm. And we're going to talk about soccer, Maradona. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 77710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. I don't understand a damn word he just said. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. That's why I look for the perfect pizza and cheeseburger and taco and enchilada. El Tarasco in Manhattan Beach. Oh, my God, is that good? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the greatest song. That's my Desert Island song, The Game of Love with Michelle Branch and Carlos Santana. The Game of Love. Well, let me tell you something. Nobody loves the game of soccer more than my favorite soccer person, the great Dave Denholm. Dave, thanks so much for being with us this morning and filling in. We just love it. Dr. Clapper, always a pleasure to talk to you. You're one of my favorite people in the world. Oh, thank you, Dave. Listen, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you and Brian Long all those years ago. And every time I see you, I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, always proud of you. You've done a great job. I love listening. Well, thank you. I want to play. We all want to hear it again and again and again. Come on, Rebecca, let's play it. Here's the cup. If Ilya Sanchez can put this away, LAFC will win. (laughs) Sanchez. 
for MLS Cup. Ilié, the right foot. Dave Danholm, today's topic is about the joy of a child. And it came about because a book just came out about Maradona. And I was going to talk about, because people have said he played soccer with the joy of the child. And this show is about trying to find in art, in sports, in surgery, the connection where you see that same topic. Nobody is emblematic more of the joy of a child in the world of sports casting than you, Dave Denholm. Oh, so, thank you, thank you. So take us back. Take us back to date. When did you fall in love? Do you remember the moment when you were first introduced to soccer and it just Cupid shot you in a heart with, with an arrow? It was actually when I was a little bit older. Uh, the World Cup, ironically, which is starting up in you know tomorrow, uh, the World Cup was coming to the United States uh, in 1994. I'm sure you remember, Doc. And uh, mm-hmm. they made the announcement. And I just had always loved professional sports. And, and they had also announced that MLS would be starting right after the World Cup. And that just really piqued my interest. And I began watching a lot more. You know, you had played it as a kid, you know, barely and mm-hmm. things like that. When you're eight, nine years old, you learn a little bit about it. But And that just really got me going. But it was the first game of the World Cup watching the U.S. play in the United States, 1994. It's a long time ago, but it really just uh, brought me into the sport tremendously. And the United States did well. They got out of the group stage, got into the knockout stage. Nobody thought they would do that. So there was a little bit of that underdog story for the U.S., and I always loved those. And it just got me so deep into it that I just started following MLS immediately and learning about other sport, you know, other teams, other countries' uh, leagues, and just really immerse myself and Honestly, it was then, and then that kind of corresponded with just a few years later me coming to Los Angeles and getting a job there and being, you know, kind of the soccer guy mm. uh, amongst the uh, English-speaking media, and it just kind of took off from there. Frank Sinatra is credited with same thing for Ella Fitzgerald for being able to use their voices as an instrument that they could be another member of the band. To some extent, speeding up your voice, making it higher, making it lower, there is mm-hmm. a, certainly an art form to what every sportscaster does, but particularly we hear it with you. But I will tell you this. There's only one other announcer who's currently working who has a gift that you have, which is in foreign language names. <laughs> to a tongue of Aloha. Go try to say that ten times fast. You, Spiro Ditas, and I know John Ireland will be the first one to agree with me, Spiro Ditas has an ability to say the name correctly in whatever crazy language country they're coming from, but so do you, Dave. Where does that come from, that ability? I mean, clearly you pay attention. You almost interview the player. How do you want me to pronounce your name? Like, you really have a love for their their name and how to pronounce it correctly. I appreciate that. Yeah, we definitely study that. I, pe- I picked that up doing 
really doing soccer for Fox Soccer uh, in L.A., you know, years ago now, but when I started. But, you know, when you do these uh, leagues from all over the world, which we do, you know, you want to do it right. You want to respect, uh, obviously, uh, their league, but also just the players themselves. They deserve to have that at that level and uh, you know you want to respect everybody and uh, you try to learn i you know i found some websites that helped i found some players and people former players you try to go to uh and just to make sure you do it right and i really i really appreciate that because i do want to respect the game and respect everybody who plays it and uh, to be even compared to spiro is amazing doc thank you very much yeah, no. he's a fantastic broadcaster too and we all know that in la yeah, no, he's the only one who could tell uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, have a seat. I'm actually going to do NFL. And if you don't want me to just do and uh, do, do the Lakers, like Buss is going, are you kidding? This is the Lakers. You could be the voice of the Lakers. Chick Hearn the whole bit. Uh, thank you, Dr. Buss. But, I, but I, I'll do it. But I also want to do football. Get out of here. Okay, goodbye. See ya. And he left. And it like nothing. He hasn't missed a step. It's unbelievable. He, you know, he's got to be a hero for people like you who are in the field. Because yeah. nobody says no to Doctor Bus. Before yeah, I, I would, get in, I would, I'd, I'd kill to have his voice too. You know, I don't have a classical voice like that. That's yeah, sure. no, but you have you have a voice. Listen, Bob Dylan has no business singing a song. Louis Armstrong <laughs> has no business singing a song. But you know what Louis Armstrong has when he sings "Wonderful World." You know what Bob Dylan has when he sings "It's Like a Rolling Stone." They have an intangible. They have an electricity in their voice. They have Michelangelo painting God almost touching Adam. You look at that painting and you can feel the electricity of what's about to happen. That's what yeah. you have, Dave Danholm. You have oh, thank you. I appreciate you that. don't have to fall in a box. You don't have to be in any potato. You just be you be you because you <laughs> is unbelievable to us in terms of that's why we played that soundbite. Before I can ask you a million questions about LAFC, of which I know nothing about except I'm surrounded by passionate LAFC fans about the new coach, the decisions he made, and how he did like uh, the the the, uh, the goalkeeper. There's like a million stories. They make a movie about this one day, but I do want to ask you about Maradona because that actually is the topic for today's show. What when I say that man's name? What does it mean to you as a soccer player, Diego Maradona? Uh, you just cannot play soccer any better than he did. Uh, now, you can argue that there are other players who are right up there, certainly. Uh, Pele, maybe more closer to our generations, Leonardo, you know, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, but he is right up there amongst them. Is just You just can't play better than what he did in the sport he was just so so beautiful to watch really and that's where you know you talk about the beautiful game and i know sometimes people think it's a cliche or you know if you're not a diehard soccer fan you're like oh whatever but it is a beautiful game when it's played at the level that he did and you know i i hate to say it dr clapper we just don't see in other sports right now and even in soccer in a lot of ways and we still have the you know the final few years maybe of messi's career and ronaldo mm -hmm. You just don't see guys at that level, even amongst the best of the best in other sports. He was mm -hmm. just even a cut above. And he, he, when you take a game like that that's so simple and you turn it into something so beautiful, uh, the passion that overflows. And I mean, that's what I always tell people who don't really love soccer and they ask me about it. And they're curious. It's really a sport that's built on passion. Mm -hmm. And when someone like him evokes passion to a level that we have never seen in the sport, that's where it's really special. Is it because he was 5'5"? Five, five? Is it because he used the hand of God to push the ball into the net? 
what is it that you feel he did? You know, that the ball is attached to his foot, like they say about Messi? That's exactly right, yes. If you go back and watch anybody, I would encourage people who haven't, just go to YouTube and just watch his dribbling and watch him warming up. There's videos of him just warming up before a game, and he's on just a different level. And, you know, anybody who's ever played with him says the same thing. These are some of the greats of the game of all time who will just say he was just at a different level than you are. That's when you know it's special. You know, you can talk mm. about, again, great players, of course. I mean, we, we love watching great players in all sports. Mm. But the great players know who's even just a little bit better. And they don't even belong in that category. And he was clearly a cut above. And just to, as you said, it, the ball was just attached to his foot from a young age. Mm. You hear stories about people who were around Maradona when he was seven and eight years old, and they already knew he was going to be special. And that doesn't always work out. In fact, most of the time it doesn't, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're talking about children. But they knew that he was something special from even at that age just because the ball was just always attached to his foot. And that is a big thing, certainly. You know, there's many skills that every sport needs, but in soccer, if you can control the ball, and I mean dominate the ball like he did, even among grown men and some of the best defenders in the world, he made just look silly. That's that's why he was the, truly a legend. And that, that word does not even really, it doesn't even fit in a sense. He's mm-hmm. above a legend, if that's possible. I want to leave you with a clap revision. Uh, tell me if I'm doing the, a good oh, job here. My favorite. <laughs> I love it. So to get into your front door, you have a key, and the key has multiple teeth. The key, the key fits into the lock. No other key can fit into this lock. And you turn the key, you open your door that's locked, and get into your front door. Those multiple teeth on the key. In preparation for today's show, I watched the 1986 quarterfinal World Cup match between Argentina and England. And I saw the hand of God, and he fully admits that he did it. And I love that because he didn't back down. He, I'm five foot five. The, the goalie's six foot two. What am I going to do? This is how I'm going to be tall, or I'm going to use my hand to make myself taller. But the reason people leave him alone is because, Dave Danholm, the second goal. The second I goal. I watched exactly. that second goal. So here's my clap revision of what I saw the key and the lock. I watched mm. in that second goal. It was as though he was going through each player, every single one except the goalie on the English team, on the pitch, like they were the teeth of a key, perfectly copying the key, a key fitting in a male-female, key fitting in the lock, that he went through each tooth, each player, and by the time he got to the goalie, you could turn the key and open the lock and the ball went in the goal. I love it. Yeah, he absolutely unlocked the defense. And that's even a phrase we use at times and for a play that's really dramatic and really well done and well executed as a team or an individual like that. It. He did. That's exactly what he did. Wow. And I like the way you uh, came up with that, Doc. And even for a man, like you say, <laughs> you're just you know, you're just getting into the sport, right. if you will. You're already, right. uh, you're already way ahead of the game that way. But it is a perfect description of it, too. He just left them, left them absolutely standing still. And it was just amazing, frankly. I mean, and you can watch that. I mean, how many years ago was that? The 1986, yeah. Still, it still drops my uh, jaw to watch that uh, that type of play. And he did so many of those. One of, Really, his legend was really built. I mean, certainly he was a great player playing on great teams. But he went to a team in Italy, uh, Napoli, who had not really done much in their history. And they were from a region in Italy that really was very poor, disrespected. 
and he just dragged them to a championship in Italy, which was at the time one of the most amazing feats in the history of the sport, just because of the team and who he went to and and turned them into champions. And that really, really cemented his place, certainly in the sport. All right, final thing, I promise, because I know I only have 10 minutes with you, and I can't thank you enough. The Weekend Warrior, 12 years I'm doing this show, they know how much I love Dave Denholm because I talk about you all the time. Before I let you go, I just I'm so excited to ask you this. Dave, what what is it that touched your heart about this season with LAFC? Was it the coach, the new coach? Not like Bradley was bad, the new coach. What did he do? that brought out the best in these people in choosing players and making decisions. What's your take on what was one of the most special things about the coaching job for LAFC this past season? Now, you really nailed it. It was what Steve Chirundolo did. And what he did as a first-year manager is, first of all, he had the respect of the players quickly. He's a former great player himself with the U.S. men's national team, played his whole career in Germany for one club. He was a legend over there. So the players know he has the credentials. But it was more than that. It was his staff, Ante Razov, Mark Dos Santos, Oka, the uh, goalkeeper coach. They really got together and really convinced this team that, look, you are essentially you're going to win. And I believe that. I really feel like that was their message. And it's not cockiness or it was just they knew – that they had all the tools and they just had to put in the work and he just convinced them to keep doing it. And, you know, this is not, this is a team that's gotten along very well since I've been there since day one, hmm. uh, even with all the new additions in sports, as we all know, there's so many players that turn over every season in all sports. He, this team has gotten along well, but they just took it to a different level of just knowing that they belong there to win this this year. And it was their, it was their year. And, you know, that doesn't always work out. And, boy, we didn't know if it was going to work out with just minutes remaining. But that's what really kind of, I think, pushed them over the edge to get that last goal. You know, mm-hmm. Gareth Bale hadn't played a lot of minutes. He's a legend. He's a superstar. And he, even he knew that they had, if they got one more chance. And that was all they needed. And I really feel Toronto did a magnificent job of just keeping them even keel mm-hmm. and knowing that it was their year and going out there and doing it. Mm-hmm. Listen, Dave Danholm, 710 ESPN, where I've been for 12 years, is just a damn building with lots of broken computers and everything's constantly falling (laughs) apart. But what makes it special are the people that I get to be with. And you, young man, are one of the reasons that this place is special. So keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you. You uh, You're you're special, and thanks so much for coming on, and I can't wait to talk to you the next time. Thanks so much, Dave. You got it. I would love to just uh, mention that, uh, yeah, we got the show tomorrow starting the World Cup show, which is going to be every day during the World Cup on 710. We'll start tomorrow at 4 p.m. So I really appreciate you letting me, uh, yeah, let me say that. And, uh, we're going to have a great time. You can uh, follow me at Talk Soccer on Twitter if you need more information as well. Dr. Klepper, always a pl- thank you so much for letting me uh, come on your show. I love your show. All right, young man. A pleasure to talk to you. The great D- Dave Denholm, my favorite soccer announcer, and he's really the reason I even pay attention to soccer because I just want to hear him with the joy of a child in his voice. God bless you, Dave Denholm. All right, Warriors, coming up next, the clinic will be open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. 710. 
Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm too much scheidenfreuding. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. What a pleasure. Each and every Saturday. Today's topic, the joy of a child. Well, no song exemplifies that better than Stevie Wonder. Isn't she lovely? Fantastic. Good job, Rebecca. All right, let's do some uh, Clapper vision. The lines are lit up. Let's go to Russ. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hello? Hey, Russ, you there? It's Dr. Clapper. Yes. Yes, I'm here. Do you hear me? Yeah, thanks for hanging on for so long. I would have hung up a long time ago. What's the matter with you? <laughs> hey, hi, doctor. Hi. Um, you know, I'm I'm due to get a knee replacement in a couple months. Okay. Um, from my from my favorite doctor. Thank you. And uh, I can't stand the pain. And w- would it make any difference if I got cortisone shots in my knees just uh, in the meantime? Uh, here's what I would tell you. It's not my decision. It's the Mayo Clinic. Probably, you know, I'm at Cedar sinai It's pretty much the Mayo Clinic of uh, the West Coast, if you will, the greatest right. hospital. But the Mayo Clinic has put out articles that we read looking at thousands and thousands. You would have to have your surgery canceled because you got to wait six months before going into surgery if you meet someone who's had a cortisone shot. So you get an okay. infection well, in your in your titanium implant, it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. So if you get a shot, you'd have to cancel the surgery to hopefully allow it to dilute after six months and then do it. You do not want to do that. Please, please, please. Because it because it suppresses the immune system? Is yeah, that, it's, uh, for all kinds of reasons. It's been shown to be literally toxic. And there's another word I've read in a paper from Honolulu. I actually had the guy as a guest one uh, Saturday. He used the word in his uh, article, cortisone injections in the hip. He wrote catastrophic effects of cortisone on articular cartilage. But you're right. It affects the local immune system. Do not do it. You will jeopardize the okay. rest of your life, please. What all I okay. can tell you all is... Right. You know, uh, make some chocolate chip cookies and uh, bring them to the office <laughs> and bribe Maria. And if she likes the chocolate chip cookies, maybe she'll cancel someone else. I mean, do whatever you got to do. That's what New Yorkers do. You know, it, uh, people tell me, I want to go see this eye doctor. And you can't get an appointment for six months. I go, okay, you want me to tell you how to do it? Yeah. Dr. Clapper, but they won't see me any sooner. Okay. Russ, go bake some chocolate chip cookies. Show up unannounced to the doctor's office. And ask where the scheduler is, and you give them the cookies. Trust me, they will make time. Is it? Yeah, that's my favorite story from you. Is uh, how you got a job uh, at the. Uh, uh, you were working during the summer, going to school, and yeah. uh, they weren't hiring anybody, and right. you talked yourself into the the bowling alley job. Was that the one you're talking about? I thought it was. A, it was in the. Uh, it was in the. Uh, what are the mountains? The resort? Oh, the Catskill Mountains. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Of course yeah, I know well, how. Anyway, okay. That's what you're going to do. It. Don't do the shot. Walk in the pool like you're doing. Ride the stationary bike. You can smear Voltaren cream on it if you want. Uh, you can take marijuana gummies. You know, a whole different approach. You can go see an acupuncturist. You can be out of the box, if you will, but don't let any needle go inside the joint. That would be a disaster. Got it. All right, okay. Russ. God bless you. Can't wait. Thank you. All right. Look forward to it. All right. Let's go to Fireman John. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? How are you? I'm good. How young are you? And I assume you're a fireman. Are you still working or you're retired? You there? Proud, very happy, and I love my job, sir. Yep. Okay. Uh, maybe pull the car right, over so the my... side of the road because I think we're intercepting some signal. All right, I already did. I'm okay. on the side of the road. Okay, good. So Thank God. All right. I'm in Malibu driving home. Okay, so my dad, who's my best friend, uh, he loves your show, so he listens to you all the time. He's an old athlete <laughs> like me. He's 82 years old. That's right, baby. He loves you. 82-year-old uh, so, um, dad. Okay. Listen, I yep, let, let me like – this that. is like – wait. What you just said, I just need to take a moment. It's kind of like opening the bottle of wine, and I don't drink wine. But it's like opening up the bottle and kind of letting it marinate. I just need to marinate that you're calling me because your father, who you love, he's your best friend, okay. told you to call. I just, I just need to, like, the aromatics. I don't know how to do aromatics in a radio show because it's hearing, not smelling. <laughs> but I just want to take it in of what you just said. That bond that you have with your father. You know what? Not everybody has that, John. Not everybody right. has oh, a father that they can say that about. So I just want you to know you're at the front of the line of one of the luckiest people in the world that you have a father that you have that relationship with. And oh, yeah. for me, it's really important to find the folks who weren't blessed like you were and I were to have that father and when you meet them, for you to, in a small way, to let them know, that's okay, I'm going to be your surrogate father right now. So to all the medical students and the residents and the fellows that I get to train, I tell them, I'm not here to just teach you how to be an orthopedic surgeon. You can learn from anybody. I'm here to teach you how to love what I do. Watch how much fun I'm having. That's what I want you to take away from it. And when you have a father like you have and a father like I had, we're lucky to be able to pursue life with that joy of a child into our grown-up years. So how can I help you? What the hell happened to you? Uh, once again, you're, you're right on point, Doc. You're right on point. In fact, I'm one of the drill instructors at the fire academy for years, and I instill that exactly what you told in my young rookies and my young probationary firefighters. So... Um, I take what my dad taught me, by the way, United States Marine Corps rolls out of the rack every morning, still does 300 sit-ups, and, well, he's down to 50 push-ups, which pisses him off. Mm. But um, at 82, that's still pretty darn good, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, it's amazing. I take, I take it. All right, so uh, stem cell. So I've had, I got a, I got a torn meniscus. I got a bad hip. I've had three rotator cuffs because I'm a 10-time national champion in handball, 44-time wow. fire department handball champion. Wow. You're a New Yorker. You know about one wall. Of handball. You know Ira so Goldberg? You, you know Ira Goldberg? You know Gentilly? Who doesn't know Ira Of course I know Ira That's Goldberg. Right. God, forbid you, God forbid you tell a guy like you, well, I know him very well. I know all of these guys because God forbid you say to a handball player, 
you know, you're you make a mistake. You're you know, racquetball, Doctor Clapper. Oh, yeah, I am like you. Right. They like want to take your head off, guy. This is not racquetball. This is handball, and you need to know it. And you know what? My own father did play handball. It is a whole different beast. It's a hard sport to play, and you got to look hey, at the palm of their hands. Too. That's why. New York Jewish guy. Come on. Forget really? about it, you know? Forget about you it. Know? Get out of here. You know? Oh, my God. All right. So I went down to uh, – I don't want to get another surgery on my on my shoulder. I can't do another rotator cuff surgery. I just can't do it. It, it just it hurts. Then you're going to need a recovery. reverse shoulder replacement, and I do them in lots of firemen. That's what you're going to need if All you're right. miserable. Well, I'm not miserable just yet. I, I went then down to – There's um, no clock ticking for your hip, for your right. knee. How young are you, John? 55 years young. Right. Yep. So you're not having an arthroscopy of your knee. You're not going to have an arthroscopy of your hip. You're not going to have an arthroscopy of your shoulder. That ship has sailed. To give you a pain-free knee, a pain-free hip, and a pain-free shoulder, when the time comes, there is no clock ticking. Whether you do surgery now, five months, five years, 15 years from now, you are not making surgery harder for me, the surgeon, to do or harder on you, the patient, to do by waiting. I do this in 90-year-olds, so no one is allowed to push you around. But here's what I don't want to have happen. For you to meet the fast-talking P.T. Barnum in medicine who's going to tell you, give me five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Let me take blood, just like I'm going to take your money. Let me take your blood. Let me take your money, spin it, and I'm going to eject it into your hip, your knee, your shoulder, and you're going to be young again. They have the chutzpah. Talk about New York Jewish guys. Here's a word for you. The chutzpah to actually tell you you won't age if you do what I'm going to do to you. Okay? Are you kidding me? How could you say that? But they do. I am surrounded by this. Listen. Be holistic. Stay. A, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Stay the hell away. You want to do it? Gig is into hey. Go ahead and do it. But it's not going to hurt you because it's not cortisone. Cortisone. I just had a conversation with Russ I heard it. Yeah. about yeah. about yeah. it's toxic, catastrophic. The PRP or the stem cell is not going to hurt you. It's just not going to do anything. Okay. You want to give? Go give the money to charity. You don't need to give it to the guy who's asking for it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm with you. So I'm be with holistic. You. Yeah, there's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui. Heal your hips, heal your knees. It's all about the magic of being in the water. You want to fight Father Time? The fountain of youth is in the fountain. Get in the buoyancy ah. of the water. You're a fireman. All you did is spritz water on everything. You know the power of water. It puts <laughs> out fires. The water, the point. I'm a hydraulic engineer, doctor. Don't cut me short. That's exactly right. Come on. Come on. The buoyancy of the water, the resistance on the muscle. And here's the X factor, John, that you can appreciate more than anybody else. When water touches your skin, it gives feedback to the brain called proprioception for position sense, which is one of the things you lose when your joints become arthritic, which is what's happening to you. So the buoyancy, the resistance on the muscle, and the proprioception, it is a slam dunk for you, all three things for you to do by walking to the pool, belly button, high water, walk forwards, backwards, half an hour, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Let me ask you this. So you said it doesn't affect the surgeon, 
no matter how old I am, but let's talk about me. I would think I would rather get it done now so I have a better quality of That's, life yeah. so I can keep playing my sport. What do you think? And that is the magic that I enjoy every week going to see patients. I see 100 patients a week, and I've been doing this for 33 years. I tell them the greatest part for me as a surgeon is don't you worry. I'm going to do a perfect operation on you. But to be teammates with someone who's going to be on the other end, the receiving end of this surgery, who's going to do their work. And I can tell already, you're a perfect partner in it. One plus one is three. It's awesome. But that's a decision that comes for you. I am never, as a busy, busy surgeon, never going to tell you or anyone else you should have surgery. Never. You're going to come here. Go look at the video on my website of a woman. I did a knee implant titanium she's riding her bicycle the next day all right go look at that that if that inspires you you can come here say okay i want to do that but you know you got plenty of time to wait if you can't wrap your head around it yet then don't no one should be pushing you and certainly not me to do the surgery you wait well i'm pushing myself doc i gotta compete i'm a competitor i gotta compete in life and i haven't been able to play handball and go up against somebody who's just as good as me, and we lock horns. And, John, I will tell you this. I will tell you this, and this is over the radio. I'm not examining you right now, and I'm not looking at any of your studies. Get the book I wrote with Linda Yui on hips, page 50, the examination of the knees. Let me tell you something. Some of your knee pain is coming from your hip. We are taught, 100%. We are taught very often that, you better take care of someone's hip. If they come to you with a bad hip, bad knee, you better take care of the hip first. All right, I got to scoot. I got to take a break. I got one good Jewish joke. You want it? My last one. On okay, go, go for it. Yeah, okay. Have you heard about the new Jewish tires? No. Oh, not only do they stop on a dime, but they pick it up too. Ah! <laughs> God bless you, young All right, man. Dave. All right, take thanks care. so much right. for calling. All right, talk soon. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. I guess that was anti-Semitic, so I shouldn't have laughed at that. Anyway, but it's funny. It's funny anyway. Who else can make fun of us but ourselves? That's the thing with comedy, you know? Only a Jewish guy is allowed to say something like that. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. You're not going to leave me alone, are you? Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The Grand Poobah. The Big Kahuna. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. George Michael, Jesus to a Child. I love this song, and I love this man's voice, and it's so sad he's not here. He's one of the people I listen to in the operating room each and every week. Sets the tone in the room. Just beautiful. A gift. I did an interview this week for KNX Radio with Mike Simpson about cracking your knuckles. Is it harmful? Got to wait for that one. Pretty cool, actually. 
So I look forward to hearing my voice on KX. I know they have news. I don't know what else they have on that radio station, but that should be fun. Let's talk about next week. Our guest, thanks, thanks to Lauren Gillian from what used to be Connor Sports. I don't know where he's working now, but he's best friends with Quinn Cook, who played on the Golden State Warriors and won a ring with Steph Curry, and he played in the bubble and won a ring with the Lakers. But he also had a lot of time with Kobe Bryant, and he's going to be our guest next week. Such an interesting life. Played at Duke four years for Coach K. And now all of a sudden he decides, Quinn Cook, to write a cookbook. One night I'm lying in bed going, wow, Quinn Cook's going to come on. It's so exciting. I'm going to talk to him about multitasking and all the things that he does with his life. And he even wrote a cookbook. And then it dawned on me. His last name is Cook. If, if Any book he writes is a cookbook. But he actually wrote a book about cooking. So I really want to get into... People who are able to have a career and then write a cookbook. Well, in country music, there's a woman who is awesome. She's now married to Garth Brooks. But let me tell you, that's not what makes her famous. She is an amazing singer in her own right. Trisha Yearwood. And she decided one day, you know what? I'm going to keep singing. I'm an amazing country singer. Married to an amazing country singer, but I'm my own person. But she wrote a cookbook. There's more going on in that concept than just writing a cookbook. Country music is all about storytelling. And on some level, that's what a cookbook is. That's what Quinn Cook did. He wrote a book for kids about cookbooks. I mean, about cooking. But he's a storyteller. And I really want to get into Kobe Bryant. He didn't write a cookbook. But Kobe Bryant was a storyteller. And how that entire idea of what he was going to do after basketball, which we saw. We saw him win an Oscar. And we watched him being interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel. We're going to get into Trisha Yearwood, storytelling, Kobe Bryant with the great Quinn Cook next week. Until then, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the radio.